Recently, science has discovered something that for a long time most people didn't believe to be true. For most of history, the primary belief in science was that the human brain doesn't change as adults. That by the time we've become adults, that our brains were hardwired to think a certain way. But recently, only as recent as the last decade, scientists have discovered that the brain is more adaptable than they first thought. The brain can transform. It's like plastic. Scientists call this new discovery neuroplasticity. And the discovery is that when it comes to addictions and traumas, the way you think about whatever it is you think about, that our brains are not cemented in that way of thinking forever. Your brain can learn new ways to think, new ways to behave, and by doing so, your brain actually is being rewired in the way it thinks. In essence, scientists are just now discovering what Paul says in Romans 12 when he writes, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What Paul encouraged for followers of Jesus was to actually renew our minds for the sake of our own transformation. Scientists are just, because of the study of neuroplasticity, learning it's physically and scientifically possible to do what Paul talks about in Romans 12. Today, we're continuing our sermon series, Grow. And if you're new to faith, we're so glad that you are here with us this morning. If you'd like somebody to pray with you during the live stream, please let us know. One of our moderators would love to spend some time praying with you. If you're watching at some other point, please connect with us on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube so we can continue to connect and serve you throughout the week. Today, as we talk about growing, I want us to talk about the mind. And when I talk about our mind, I don't mean knowledge. Our mind certainly includes knowledge, but it's more than information. It's the way we think about what we know. It's the way we respond to situations. It's the places our mind goes to quickly in a difficult situation. It's the patterns of thinking that shape the way we think about ourselves and situations. And both science and the Bible agree that our minds can be transformed. And so if you've been stuck in this place, when you continue to turn to habits that aren't good for you or for your marriage, you don't have to stay in that place. Your minds can be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you have believed some things about yourself that you aren't good, that you aren't enough, that you're too much, that you can't do it, that you're alone, your mind doesn't have to stay in that place. And so I want us to dig into that reality and unpack what that might look like like for us because if Jesus tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind what might renewal look like because I can tell you what it doesn't look like it's not just new information and think about it right if, if it were things would be a lot different in our world than they are we live in an age where there is more information available than ever before like do you realize that we can in an instant find any information about anything we want to know I once had an experience going to a car mechanic, and if you know anything about me, you know I know nothing about cars. But I went to the mechanic, and when they told me how much it was gonna to cost to fix the noise I was hearing, I pulled up YouTube and said, did you try this? And for a fraction of the price, they ended up fixing my car because I just needed to point them in the right, of the, the right information. But when it comes to the big things of life, information doesn't seem to solve our biggest problems. We know truth, but we still end up anxious. We know what we should do in our relationships, but we don't do them. Our culture certainly has plenty of information, but we continue to be in a culture that is polarized and hateful and toxic. It, it, it seems that even with the increase of information, there continues to leave people polarized and isolated. And that's because we don't need information. We need transformation. Transformation comes by renewal, 
Personal transformation happens by the renewal of your mind. Cultural transformation happens by the renewal of entire communities. And so if it's not just hearing a new set of facts, if it's not just sharing that article on information that corrects all the information you've been hearing, what is the thing that transforms our minds? Let me illustrate the way our brain works to help get us into the text today. This, this is our brain. And what happens with our brains is that we, when we experience something, it can be something that you might describe as a little thing. It could be a self-described traumatic experience. With these experiences, what happens is your brain forms a pathway. And so this car is going to be the ex you experiencing whatever you experience. And so what happens is you, you experience something and it creates a pathway. And those pathways, what happens is in that experience, those pathways make a connection between certain experiences, between the way that you feel, the way you respond. And so maybe it's a teacher making a comment in first grade and you start to believe you're dumb. What happens is that comment made a pathway. So when your brain first makes that pathway, it's there, but it's the first time. The car doesn't travel down the pathway very easily. But then another student made a similar comment. And what happened, it was a little bit easier for the car to travel down the pathway. And then your mom made a comment and she, she said something about you weren't getting your work done. And so then you, that car went down that pathway a little bit quicker and a little bit easier than before. And now after decades and decades of pain and hurt and conversation and moments, it's very easy for that car to travel on the same path. It gets a lot harder once you've been down this path a hundred times to get off the path. That's, that's how neurons and, and, and the way our brains, when, it, when we talk about our brains being wired, that's what we mean. That's why when you experience something traumatic, what will happen is that there are certain things now, a tone, a hospital, a phrase, that will immediately jump you onto a pathway. Because you experience something and your brain formed a pathway that is now there. And so you experience something and your body reacts just like you're in the same trauma. It's also why addictions are so powerful because you have certain things that, that trigger uh, a, a certain behavior. And so maybe it's a time of day, maybe it's a certain emotion can trigger you into addictive habits. Be and now, because the more you've traveled down this road, the easier it is to continue to travel down this road. But this is where science gets really cool because neuroplasticity says that's possible to change these pathways. It's possible to change the places you go to. You're not stuck traveling the same path. In fact, what neuroplasticity would suggest is that in order to change the way our brains are wired, we bring these experiences, we bring them out into the light. We speak about them. We talk about where our brains went in those moments. We talk about the pain. We talk about the hurt. We have conversations. We dig into them. And as we bring them into the light, as we bring new truth and hope into those experiences, it literally transforms our brain. As we fight the lies that send us down certain paths, the, the truth literally is transforming our brain. It's literally renewing our mind. So while you traveled one pathway, the truth is creating a new pathway. And again, at first, it's a d difficult to travel down that pathway. It's why you have to fight the lies with truth. And so by fighting against the addiction or, 
or the traumatic experiences or the lies you believe, like I deserved it or I'm not good enough. You fight and you fight and you fight with truth. But what the truth does, it begins then to transform your mind to form new pathways that become easier and easier to believe the more the truth is spoken to those lies. Dr. Carolyn Leaf, who's an expert brain researcher, actually suggests that spending 21 days revisiting certain lies and fighting those lies with truth, you can form a new pathway that changes the way you think. In 1 Corinthians 2, Paul also writes some words that I really want to dig into because he helps shed some light on what Paul says in Romans. If Paul says in Romans that our minds might be transformed and renewed, it has to become like something else. Paul wants us not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Well, the thing that transforms our mind is Jesus. It's the truth of Jesus that forms these new pathways. And what does the, the transforming work look like then when the wounds we carry are brought out of these dark places? And so Paul uses this important phrase in 1 Corinthians 2, and he says, we have the mind of Christ. And so I want to read that for you because I believe that the transformation of our mind happens as the Holy Spirit speaks to us and helps us think the thoughts of Jesus. The change happens when we start to think less like ourselves and more like Jesus. And so I'm going to begin in verse 9. Paul writes, However, as it is written, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. It's a spirit who searches all things, even the, the depths of God, the things that we maybe don't know. In other words, there are things that weren't seen or heard or imagined until now. And the Holy Spirit brought them to your mind. Continues in verse 11. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. Let me pause here again because Paul says we don't know the thoughts of God unless the Holy Spirit reveals them to us. It's also interesting, as Paul writes these words, he's actually writing to a culture that's obsessed with knowledge, a culture that thrives on information and knowing. He's saying that there's more than you can find in human wisdom, that there's more than all of the human wisdom and intelligence that could muster up. And so then he says, all right, this is what we speak. It's not words that were taught to us by human wisdom. It's words taught by the Holy Spirit. And verse 14 says, then the man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. All right, this is incredible because when we think about brain science here for a minute, when your brain naturally jumps into the pathway that has been formed, and we all have some pathways. Some of you jump into the pathway that goes into, I'm not a good mom. Some of you jump into the pathway of, I'm a terrible person, or I'll never overcome to this. Some of you go to the pathway that takes a Bible truth, but doesn't include any peace or hope. Something like, I'm a poor, miserable sinner, without ever accompanying that truth with, I'm a beloved child of God. And here's why it's so easy to jump into those paths, because without the Spirit, spirit 
It's easier to believe the things you think when you are on that path. It's easier to believe that this is just who you are. It's easier to believe that God couldn't love someone like you, that this is just the way it is. But hearing something different, something transformative, that seems foolish. It seems irrational that God loves, that he transforms, that he forgives without conditions. And then Paul says in verse 15, the spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And I love the way that Paul quotes Isaiah 40 here. Because the answer to Isaiah's quote, who knows the mind of the Lord, is no one. No one has known the mind of the Lord. And Paul says, you're right, no one has until now. Now you have the mind of Christ. We know the mind of the Lord. We hear the voice of the Spirit who speaks truth. We hear the voice of God who transforms neural pathways. The voice of God who combats the lies with truth. We have the mind of of Christ. We grow in our Christ-likeness as our minds grow to think the thoughts of Jesus. As our minds are fixed on Jesus, we can think the thoughts that Jesus has towards us. And so when we listen to the voice of God, when we pay attention to what's our mind, we can ask, is this my own mind? Is it Christ? Is this the enemy? Is this Jesus? Paul, a handful of chapters later in 1 Corinthians 14, answers that question of how do we know when our mind is aligned with the mind of Christ. It's, it's easy. Paul in 1 Corinthians 14 is speaking about the use of spiritual gifts, and one of the gifts he talks about is prophecy. And he says about prophecy, he says, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. And now that word can sound scary. It's just somebody who's speaking truth, speaking to people. He says, for strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. And so when something comes to your mind, and it's a place of condemnation, when your mind goes to a place of shame, when your mind goes to the place of guilt and it's stuck there, when your mind goes to the place of being alone, when your mind goes to the place of being powerless, that's not the mind of Christ. But if what comes to mind gives you strength, if it encourages you, if it comforts you, that's God. See, God probably speaks to you a lot differently than you speak to you. And that's because he sees more in you than you see in yourself. And he wants you to see what he sees in you. Now, the close I want to do is I want to close in prayer. And as we do that, I want to invite Jesus to speak to us. And we'll do this just briefly. But uh, over the past several weeks, we have been teaching listening prayer and guiding you through how to do that on our YouTube channel. And so I'd love for you to jump over there and you can really actually put this into practice. Listening prayer is probably one of the best ways that we can actually do, that we can actually put into practice some things that actually rewire our brain. That you can go to those painful, hurtful lies that you believe and you can ask God to speak truth in that. And that will actually rewire the way that you think about, about all kinds of situations. And so for now, what I want to do is I want to pray. But as we pray, I'm going to invite Jesus to speak. That it's not just us speaking to God, but God is also speaking to us. And we want to help him grow our mind. We want to ask him to help us grow our minds to think his thoughts, 
to not think our own thoughts about ourselves, but listen to his thoughts toward us. Jesus, we thank you for loving us, for being a God who has come for us. We pray that you would help silence lies that we believe about ourselves and that you would grow our minds, that you would grow our minds as you are also growing us in our relationship with you, that you would change the way we think about so many things. And Jesus, right now in this moment, I just pray that you would speak to us. That in the midst of so many lies and so many doubts and so many questions, that you, that you would show us who we are. Jesus, we, we pray, I pray that you would bring to mind a moment. A moment in our life that we can see that's a picture of, of us living the way you created us to live. Jesus, help us to see ourselves the way that you see us, to see moments when you're proud of us, moments when you're cheering us on, moments when we just know that you are like our best friend, moments when you know that the love of your Father is our unconditional love that we have. Help us to hear that, to experience that, to trust that. In your name we pray. Amen. As we now move um, into a time of worship, I, I really want to highlight some of the things that we're about to sing. Our worship team has put together an, an incredible song that we're going to actually sing today. It's a new song. They wrote it and actually it's put what, we talk, talk, what we're talking about today into practice. It's actually um, declaring the truth of who Jesus says we are. And it declares that knowing that there are a lot of lies that we believe about ourselves, that there are times where we jump into this pathway and this way of thinking about ourselves that doesn't match who God says we are. Yet even knowing that, God speaks to us. He speaks to us even though we don't always believe it, even though we don't always hear it. And he speaks to us. And so in the singing, we will declare who Jesus says we are to combat the lies we believe with the truth of who Jesus says we are. And so I would encourage you to listen and to sing and to join in this new song from our worship team.